What's up, everyone? My name is Justin Odisho. Welcome back to another episode of my podcast. Today on the show, we have Chris Howe. That's H-A-U. Chris is a fellow YouTuber, photographer, video creator. Uh, you can find him on YouTube where he's posted over 100 videos, managed to grow his channel to over 400,000 subscribers, and grown a pretty impressive Instagram following as well. Over 400,000 subscribers. You can see a bunch of his photography and other content. And I believe you also have... I mean. You've been in a band, you've had a creative agency, <laughs> you've worked with um, professional clients all the way from beginner to professional clients. So I'm hoping that we can get into a ton of that kind of stuff today for anyone that's listening, you know, how to grow on social, um, making videos, making photos. So Chris, welcome. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, man. Thanks so much for having me. I like, I respect what you're doing so much. And then I also love that you're doing all the memes on Instagram. Like they bring me so much joy. And I think I've always been a big fan of like, art that sparks like a feeling and the fact that like comedy is so powerful and you've just done such a good job of like hitting in on this niche and like making it so relatable like i like i like giggle to myself like a child i'm like and i like send it to some friends so like i don't know man i'm a huge fan of what you're doing on instagram i really appreciate it yeah because you know what's funny like um i wouldn't consider myself like a photographer at all like uh especially I'm much more started as an editor, so the camera side of things came after for me. Um, yep. And like I couldn't compete at all with like all of. I mean, you have so many awesome photographers like you guys. I mean, I'm scrolling through your Instagram right now, like beautiful uh, thanks, waterfalls and beautiful like scenes, like crispy and nice colors. Um, so I was like, let me just go the low route and just like <laughs> do funny memes. But have you um, like how how do you think about like your Instagram? I mean, I. I'm really proud of my Instagram. It's funny because I'm releasing a video, so I don't know when this like podcast is coming out, but I'm working on a, a video right now that's essentially a thesis around like how Instagram is like killing creativity. So it's interesting is the, in that video, some of the things I'm gonna talk about is that like I find that I love my work, I genuinely love it, but I th still think some of the, the things I post are cliches like and things that you expect from Instagram. So what I would say now is I'm very proud of the work I've done, but I've hit this like certain level where now I want to push it a step further as like an artist or a step further as like the person that I want to become as a photographer. So um, I would say the groundwork past Chris has done a great job of laying like a good foundation. And now future Chris wants to like um, push the boundaries of like his potential as an artist, I would say. So yeah, I'm like I'm happy, but there's another level that I'm ready to like dig into. Yeah. Yeah. I get what you're saying with like, um, every, you got to constantly reinvent because you see the same, like what has worked on Instagram and then everyone does it. But then I see you experimenting with like different posting, um, schedules or like maybe uh, writing stories in the description or drawing on your pictures. And I think yeah, that's, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta approach it and also you gotta make it fun for yourself. Cause we were just talking about this, like the, this is such a healthy part of the creative process is like talking with other creatives. So like experimenting with new ideas or a collaboration or whatever it might be, I think are all very healthy parts of just developing as an artist. Yeah. Uh, so I did a quick kind of like impromptu, uh, introduction of, of you, but I would love to know, cause I mean, there's so much more to what you do than that label. If you're at like a dinner party or you meet somebody in an elevator or something and they ask you, what do you do? What do you say instead of what I said? You know what? I, I, I used to like have this big pitch where I'd be like, we own a marketing company and we work with clients such as Mercedes Benz. And like now I just like I don't care as much 
So in the sense of like, I just tell people I'm a YouTuber now. So like I, I got a new doctor recently and mm -hmm. like I went into the meeting. He's like, what do you do for a living? I was like, I'm a YouTuber. And like, I, I'm almost like, I almost enjoy their reaction because I like to see like how people <laughs> feel about it. So it's weird. It's like almost entertaining for me because I, I've, I've hit a point where I feel like I don't need to sell myself in the sense that like I don't have the, the, the same type of like anxiety I had growing up where I'd be like, I had to prove something. Like now I'm like, whatever, if you like me, cool. If you don't like me, whatever. Like, so I'm at this point where I'm like, you know what? I'm a YouTuber and I, I enjoy that because I like to see how people react to it. Some people are like, wow, that's so cool. And it's so fascinating what you do. And other people, um, for example, like my doctor's reaction was like, how's that going for you? <laughs> and it's like, there's already like a negative connotation to it. So like, I, I kind of like the idea that it starts the conversation and then I can flip it and I can be like, it's going great. Um, or it's made of really healthy living or like, you know, we have a couple employees now. That's pretty cool. And it, it definitely flips how people perceive the job of a YouTube as a YouTuber. So now I would say YouTuber and maybe in a different setting, I might be. I might say like, I'm a photographer and in, and in more maybe a, like a community where I feel safer to say it, I'd be like, I'm an artist. Cause like everything is priming different audiences and you can read, I'm big on like reading a room. Like I came back from like a uh, career as playing a musician and the best thing that you can do when you're a musician is learn how to read a room and read an audience. So I do have different responses for different people. I say the YouTuber line more generically to everybody, but let's say if it was someone like yourself, maybe I would say like, you know what, truly I feel like I'm an artist and I'm trying to tell stories, right? But that doesn't always resonate with every single person, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I changed my answer by <laughs> yeah. the, by the day, depending yeah. on who's asking me and the weather. Yeah. And like what <laughs> mood you're in, you're like, you know what, I'm just going to say this. I'm a pixel collector and just see what people say. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's something about the label. It's like, um, what does it really mean? Because a YouTuber, it's like, you know, you could be a chef, you could be a musician, but speaking of that. So, I mean, you have all these cool guitars behind you. I was just checking them out, but, um, and also one of the oldest videos on your channel is like you playing a guitar while surfing. <laughs> while so surfing. Oh boy. That's super cool. But like, <laughs> Thanks, how man. did you, did you have a whole career as a musician before this? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's really what I wanted to do. So like kind of touching back on your first question, like if you would ask me what I wanted to do or what I would tell people that I did, like maybe six or seven years ago, I would tell them like, I'm a professional musician. And like, I was playing in a band, I was playing shows at bars all the time, I was selling out, like at the peak of my career as a musician, I would sell out like a room of 200 people to come and watch me sing and play guitar. And um, that was like, the, I would get these insane highs from those experiences. It just wasn't like sustainable as like a real career choice, I think in that, that era. And like, maybe if I had gone along with it, I just, I always felt that the modern day rock star was a YouTuber. So where this all flowed into is that as a musician, I would make my own music videos. And then what I always noticed is people commented more on like how great the videos were and less about the music, like, cool song, but man, that was a great video. So I think the world was just giving me signals that like, I think I was more destined or whatever you want to say is that I had a natural tendency to lean more on the video and photo side. And that's really where it started. Like I started as a photographer, then I became a musician and then I would take that skill set and develop it to promote my music and then promoting through promoting my music. I really was promoting my video work and then that naturally turned into a career. And then at some point you're like, Hey, there's a lot of obvious signs here. You're making money. You're growing a following. Like, why don't you do this? And you get to essentially still be 
a popular creator. It's just my medium is now video instead of music. Yeah. Did you feel, uh, see, like, that's why I started YouTube is because I want, I just like sharing stuff. Yeah. Is that kind of the underlying seed? Because you, I mean, you use the term popular creator, but is it yeah. just like you want to be on a kind of a stage to be able to share like what your passions and things you enjoy? Is that the main enjoyment? Yeah. I mean, I think if I'm being very like honest with you and being very transparent, I think a lot of it when I was younger came from like a very like ego place where I just want probably wanted to just be liked by a lot of people. Right. And then you can get into like all the deeper meanings of all those things. But really, I, I just always enjoyed a creative outlet. And one of the fundamental things that happened to me in my life is that uh, it just it, these things happen. It's a natural part of the process. But we lost a lot of family members in like a, a two year span. So I lost like six family members in two years. So I think I always was primed by my parents and by those moments to just like do what you like doing. And at that time, I liked making music. So I would just be like, well, other people do this as a career. Why can't I? And life is short. So just go and do it. So and luckily, I had a supportive family that was like, you should go and do this kind of thing. Um, and my dad owned his own business. Both my grandfathers owned their own business. So they're like, whatever, if you can make a business and do what you love and make a living and be happy, go for it because life is strange. Right. So I kind of like always had this mentality where it's like, I just wanted to do the things I was enjoying at the time. And maybe at that point it was a little more ego driven. Whereas now like it's very much rooted in just telling great stories and lifting other people up and sharing whatever knowledge I have. So other people can also potentially have the opportunity to do similar things. So that's, that's where it's grounded in now, but maybe selfishly when I was younger, I was like, I just want to be liked. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I think as you get older, you kind of refine it. Like I just started out for fun and then like, now I genuinely want to help people and teach people like that. Yeah, cool. absolutely. <laughs> I think I think everything is like a process and you 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 look back and you reflect on things and you're like, oh, that's why I did that. So, um, yeah, I would say now it's very much like I just I enjoy the process of creativity. Like I enjoy going and getting a really going and the challenge of going and taking a really cool photo and it coming to life in the, in the vision that I had for it. And the same for a video. If I've put together a script and I really have tried really hard to like, can that translate on screen? So like now I really enjoy the process and the challenge that is being a YouTuber or a photographer. Yeah. So one thing I, I, I want to touch on when you're in, navigating like these creative industries. So you're playing music, um, selling out little shows and whatnot, I'm sure able to get by, but obviously when you jump straight on YouTube, you're not like just raking in the bucks. Um, what were some of your challenges or ideas on, on how you, I mean, considering it as your own business, how did you plan to make it sustainable? And when does like the creative agency side of it come into play? So, so the interesting thing about YouTube, um, is that it started like the, the seriousness of YouTube started while Lizzie, my fiance, and I had a creative agency. So essentially the, the flow, I'll give you the quick context and the, the storyline. Musician, hey, I start my own company because people are interested in video. So I start making videos. I make government videos. That starts to grow. All right, starting to do a little less music because I'm starting my own business. All right, this is growing really quickly. Lizzie jump, jumps on board. We scale that bigger, start working with credit unions, banks, Mercedes-Benz, automotive, commercials, like big things. And then right in the middle of that, like at the peak of like, we had a career, if we continue with it, it would have been fine. We'd have an agency. We were doing big marketing things. 
I reconnect with my good friend Peter McKinnon and he's like, you should do YouTube. So then I knew that I was basically doubling my workload at the time for the potential for success on YouTube. And it only came from being like, I think I have a shot at being successful here because I have like a mentor in the space that's a friend. I have someone who has like proven from a business perspective that this can be a business. And ultimately YouTube hits a bigger goal of like the shift of power of working with a client. So when you're working on like the agency side, you make the thing that they want. Whereas when you are a YouTuber, they want you to find a way to just integrate them into whatever you do. And that is like a very fundamental thing for me that's really important. So I was essentially playing a super long game with YouTube, so where I didn't monetize it. I think I did like two brand deals before 100,000 subscribers, and I tried to not make that much money off of it. So essentially we had this job that we had created, this agency that needed 60 hours a week at minimum to like of attention, and I was on, layering on top of it like 20 to 40 hours of YouTube and trying to hit like one to two videos a week. And I was just, I got definitely got gassed in the first two years I did it, but it was, it was around the first year where this started to shift and we put a little less in and then all of a sudden YouTube really did take off. Yeah. When you say gas, like burnt out. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. In the sense uh, that I just like, um, I felt the pressure and, and the point where I would never experience anxiety. And, and I was very much like a very free flowing, like happy dude. I really, in those years felt the, like the anxiety and the pressure that comes from like trying to build a business, being on a platform, having so many more opinions, trying to please people, like all the stuff that comes, all the things that no one really talks about that YouTube, YouTube side effects, I guess. There's lots of, yeah, it's exciting. You make videos, you get views, people watch them, but there's so much more like underlying things that I didn't uh, anticipate. Yeah. I mean, there's so many good points you bring up there. I mean, first of all, um, you're from Toronto, right? Yeah. Okay, hence, so there's like the Canadian coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Here we got uh, in Michigan, we got tons of Tims. Oh yeah, I, I heard it spilling over. It's like climbing down now. Yeah. yeah, I think just because I'm in the Metro Detroit area, there's a Tims on every corner. Really? Forever. That's yeah. I mean, that's cool. But that's that's great for for the U.S. I know. Yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, I was gonna say, so you're from Toronto. You mentioned like um. First of all, there's so many great creators out there, but uh, you mentioned you, your friend Peter, but how did you know Peter? So um, back in the, the days of like when I would get hired from like people seeing my music, like one of them was this girl that was a fan that was like, I'm getting married, can you shoot my wedding? I loved your music video. And I was like, yeah, sure, I need money, <laughs> like so let's do it. And at that wedding, Peter was the photographer and I was the videographer. So Peter was like, it's funny because I think they didn't, the couple didn't really care too much about the video. So I was very much like an afterthought. So like, I think I was getting paid like 500 bucks or $400 to make like a whole wedding video. And Peter, they put all the money into Peter at the time because he was like the dude for wedding photos, right? So I met Peter because we got like, we were, you collaborated, you're like, hey, where are you gonna be? And I'm gonna be here and I don't wanna get in your way and vice versa. So we collaborated on that. And then we got to sit down at dinner together because you get all the same people get looped together at the same table, usually at weddings. So Peter has a photo of when we first met at the dinner table on his phone somewhere. And then we really hit it off because we both loved Angels and Airways in Blink-182. So that was always this like super common ground as we both like were so insanely passionate about Tom DeLonge's music. <laughs> I, I have this theory that like everyone, because every single almost half of my friends and colleagues here 
uh, like we all have play guitar we all like making videos we all, there's like something yeah. that loops it all together yeah i think <laughs> there's always like a common ground of like either it's like filmmaking and skateboarding or music and filmmaking or like um i i, I don't know what it is but i just find it there's always an overlapping like you kind of start off in one area as a creative and it like everyone has similar interests because i think at the time especially like peter and he's older than i am but there's there's like cultural things like whether it was like cky or it's jackass or it's you know uh, tony hawk's pro skater and like punk rock music like these were the popular things at the time so you find these very similar interests and they overlap pretty quickly yeah and uh would you say like how many years ago was that would you say like it, i would i'd say like a decade yeah like I, I, I think i was like 18 19 so i'm 29 now so probably like 10 years ago wow yeah so it's it's uh really cool thinking about you know just you know how different relationships can like go in unexpected places and change totally. your life i um, think about that i was in the middle of nowhere ontario at a wedding and potentially that one moment when i was 18 like changed the course of my life I think about that a lot yeah um and also uh, you mentioned uh your fiance who you had a creative agency with um yep i guess um I mean, it would be, I don't know exactly how you met, but if you want to, but the question I had around it was like, and your fiance also does, you know, her own YouTube and creative yeah. work. And that's really cool to me. Like, how do you, how you, do you feel like it would be possible for you guys to be doing different things? Like you doing a traditional job or her doing a traditional job and then you doing this YouTube thing or vice versa? I, how does I, that definitely work? Yeah, definitely an interesting question. It's hard because um, we've never, like we kind of experienced it a little bit where Lizzie worked um, at a traditional like production house for two years in our relationship. And then I was kind of doing, like I had the agency previous to her jumping on board and I was just doing my own freelance thing. And it worked out, but it definitely like another level of like connection for us. And, and, and I guess like the deeper connection came when we like started the business together and going through those challenges together. Um, but it's funny now, like, so we just moved into this new place and we now, we used to share an office. So we saw each other every day and now we have separate offices. So like, this is my office. Lizzie is across the hall. She has her office. Although we share the same floor in our house. I like, I actually think it's funny cause I like, leave my office and then i go downstairs at like 6 p.m and i'm like how was your day honey like we came back from our own jobs like it's weird so it like it happened and then we've come back to it a little bit but we still collaborate on a lot of similar things to answer your question because i don't think i'm directly answering it i i think we would be okay navigating it but i think empathy plays a really big role because if i think if i said oh, this one comment really bummed me out today. Like, I don't know if she would feel it at the same level if she didn't also experience that. So I think what is really powerful for our dynamic is that we both go through the same things together and we can both empathize about like how difficult certain things are um, in a job that I think maybe if you don't have experience, it becomes a little bit difficult in certain relationships where people were like, yeah, but you know what I had to do today? Uh, and it's like, oh, yeah, it was just a comment. Like, who knows how people react? <laughs> yeah. I don't want to project a situation on someone. But I think um, because we do the same thing, it's brought our empathy to a whole different level. And that helps us connect on a deeper level connection. So s switching gears a little bit, talking about all this stuff um, starting and growing. 
in the more i mean you've grown to such these these large audiences over the the past you know several several years but how did you do you remember how you got like let's say your first thousand or your first ten thousand on instagram or youtube for anyone that's just kind of like in that beginning stage yeah so for let's let's segment the two because they're a little different so for like instagram my my whole thing when i first started on instagram was that i knew that people would only want to follow you if you made really great content so like i challenged myself to like post every single day um that year so i think that was like 2017 or 2016 or so. no probably 2016 is when i first like really tar- started taking it seriously and i knew that i would only get better by like creating more often so what i would do is just to get my first thousand it was literally like engage with the community post a lot make interesting things go and comment on other people's stuff so that you build this like grassroots level of like community dm people be interested in what they do and like genuinely care and that's how you really build this like fundamental like hardcore first thousand group on youtube a lot of the the growth there came from like I would post those videos, like the viral surfing playing guitar videos, and those would get shared out by publications, and then that would bring in an audience, and maybe people were interested in seeing, what's the next thing he'll play guitar on, right? Like, whatever it might be. So I didn't really understand branding heavily at that point. So, like, my audience was always very all over the place, but where I did see, like, a big spike in uh, my subscribers on YouTube was through collaboration, was by doing things where... Um, you know, my, one of my first videos, when I got into like, I'm doing photography and video stuff now. I think my fourth video, uh, I did a collaboration with Peter. I like pitched him. I was like, I think people would be interested in like, uh, spark photography. And he was like, yeah, people would love that. Let's do it. You come on my channel. I was like, oh, come on your channel and, and do that. Okay. And then that shout out gave me my first 10,000 subs. Yeah. Yeah. Collaboration's really important. I mean, even with me, it wasn't necessarily the same thing, but, uh, I was trying to grow my channel. And so in doing that, I was throwing a bunch of ideas at the wall. Yeah. And um, it was through a collaboration that I had like kind of thought about, why don't I share, like I'm doing all this interesting video editing stuff for us to collaborate. Why don't I also teach that? And then like that just took off funny enough. So I I think collaboration is really a good point. There's two, I think there's two takeaways from what you said, collaboration, but also like, Um, providing value for people because I think the best way to grow an audience is if people can like attribute their success to you and I think that's a really fundamental thing where it's like if I watch one of Justin's videos and he's taught me how to do a certain technique and then I do that technique for a client and they're really happy well now I'm definitely going to follow you for future stuff because you've provided value to my life that's made my life inherently better yeah so like i think that's that's huge and also everyone wants tutorials and it's seo yeah. friendly and all the other stuff yeah, yeah. i got saying yeah um not the most charming eh, I'm, I'm 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 good enough but i'm not the most beautiful man in the world so we can teach i do look at that smile good. man it looks good <laughs> you know i i do all right all right so um the uh the other thing i want to say so you're in a really interesting position where you where you know most of the time like like a creator like myself my main home base is like YouTube. Do I'm doing things and experimenting with the Instagram and Twitter, like with the memes and all that. But what's interesting, I think about you is that you do kind of have both of them that are quite large. Do you see one as the home base or the other? And and like the differences between them when it comes to being able to 
you know, work with brands or monetize, I'm sure are quite different. How do you think about that? I, I mean, tr truthfully, I look at them both as a home. Uh, it's hard to say, like, I'm, I, I think I like the, the, I think there's longevity in YouTube. So I think there's a longer career in YouTube, but right now I'm definitely like parked in home at both those places. And I treat both of them as like very strong pillars of my brand. So um, I think where you'll see my career last the longest is on YouTube, but where I spend a lot of my time, I divide both very equally. So they, and I, to answer the second part of your question, yeah, the, the monetization on both is very interesting and it's very different. So like I find that I work with, um, it, it's hard to say, let's say on Instagram, I work with like more universally known brands. So it will be like their Mercedes Benz, the, you know, the Grey Gooses, the, these more like internationally acclaimed brands wanna work because they really appreciate the photography that I, you know, and how I shoot and the way I edit my photos because a lot of the times they want to license those photos for their own work. And so there's this like dual relationship where they're paying for the distribution, my brand, you know, endorsement, but also the, the, the content itself, they want to like repurpose for their own stuff. Now on YouTube, the brands are different. I have worked with the Grey Gooses. I have worked with those other brands, but there's a different shift in the relationship there and the way that you like tell stories and the way that I share stories. So, um, you know, it's a little less that brands want to like license the footage that I've done on YouTube, but it's more that they're really looking for that brand alignment and brand endorsement in a video in an organic way. So um, both are very powerful. Uh, both make very similar money in terms of like uh, revenue that they bring in for my like company. And I get joy in different ways from both of them. And I like, cause I like, I really, really love taking photos like genuinely love the art form that is a single photo with a bunch of pixels in the way that you put it together versus like moving images and audio and music and like that experience because there's such different forms of art and I think I enjoy both more but if I had to pick I probably would lean a little bit more on the photo side yeah how did you because we haven't even touched on this we just kind of assumed it but how did you even learn all this like you know, the traditional aspect of photography and, and uh, you know, framing a photo and composition. Did you just, is it self-taught or did you study it a little bit? I, I think it just comes with like years and years and years of doing it. So like the first, I don't think, I don't know if I have it here. I wonder if I do. I probably don't. But um, I, the first camera I ever got, I was like nine. I think when I like got my first digital camera, like, the, do you guys have like a company in the states called Toys R Us? Is that a thing? Yeah, we had Toys R Us. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I, could, I don't know if that was a Canadian thing. So like, Toys R Us had this um, little digital camera. It was called Digital Blue. It uh, shot 360p video. It could only hold five minutes of it, and uh, it would take like maybe 50 photos. And I just would start shooting my family trips. I would start going to the auto show because I loved cars even at that time because my dad was super into it. I'd make all these videos and just start learning how to compose just for the fact that I had a camera in my hand since I've been like eight or nine, right? And the years of experience of like, all right, taking photos that look good and then upgrading cameras. Well, then I got a point and shoot a little Sony Cybershot. Then the Cybershot turned into a Nikon D80. Then the D80 turned into a Canon 7D. And then the 7D turned into an A7S and so on and so on. And you just keep learning by shooting all the time. And I would say that my experience comes a lot from being self-taught mixed with just trial and error so much. 
because I think there could have been better ways of me learning the craft of photography or videography by like doing more tutorials online. Like I always say that I haven't put the effort in to learn certain techniques because I just want to like try to learn how to do it myself without someone telling me how to do it, if that makes sense. Yeah. And now there's a shift where I'll watch a tutorial, I'll buy a course, I'll learn how to do things properly. And it's all through the internet. Now, uh, I don't want to discredit that I went to university. I studied radio and television arts. And at university, at least this university, they still did teach you like very technical skills. And you would walk away with like, this is how you do a three camera setup. And this is how you do E, e what was it, EFP or something like that. I can't remember what it is, but basically that's like freelance video work, camera on tripod, light up, three point lighting, all that kind of stuff. So I would learn certain technical aspects at school, but really it came from like, I had a YouTube channel when I was in university called the LMA show, which was like big fans of Andy Samberg. We made like a hundred episodes, skit episodes of things. It was from making YouTube videos for my music. It was from making corporate videos. It was from making all the friggin' time. That's where like I developed the skit or the skill set. Yeah, yeah. And I think even yeah, just the experience. And even for me, though the thing that's taught me the most is having to constantly teach others like yeah. for years. Otherwise I wouldn't wake up every day and think, let me know the software like the back of my hand and so what can I teach today? What can I teach yeah. today? And yeah. Yeah, exactly. You learn by having to teach other people how to learn. Like, what yeah. tutorial do I make this week? And then you learn, right? Yeah. Bit of a Ponzi scheme I'm running here. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, so, so you've been, I mean, there's a, there's a couple points I want to touch on. Like, okay, working with these big brands, um, big official brands, do you have, like, it's probably intimidating at first for anyone when a client comes in with a contract and all this like stuff you got to sign. And how do you go about navigating a professional client from like you know just shooting for a friend or shooting someone's wedding do you have someone helping you with contracts do you do everything yourself negotiation all these points i think i think looking back i i really wish i had like a proper mentor the the issue is that i you know my my parents aren't creative in the sense that like they never worked in like a creative industry so like yes my dad runs his own business but he you know he does software implementation so he doesn't really come in front of contracts and licensing or anything like this and we didn't really have anybody in our network or our family network that could help with this kind of thing and generally i was always really intimidated that I, like if i asked a lawyer for help on a contract that they would come back with the exact payment that i was getting just to review the contract so like a lot of the times i was just afraid to ask so what i would say like to anybody who is listening to this podcast that is interested in figuring out is like, just put it out in the world that like you're young, you don't know exactly what's help, like happening and if anyone can just assist you or help you because most people just wanna help other people and a lot of the times if you just make it known that like, I'm just getting started, people will probably just like throw you a bone and help you out and like, you know, throw you a freebie for the chance that you don't get screwed long term. And I would say that I, again, learned the business side of this just by making mistakes pretty often. So I would trust my gut on what I thought the best decision was, and then I would go through the experience, and if I got screwed, I learned a very big lesson, and I learned how to navigate it moving forward. So like, I always think it's important, like no matter where you are in your career, if your like, long-term goal is to be like a photographer or videographer and work with big brands, like start as soon as possible so that you can just get the mistakes out of the way. 
because you're going to you're going to make them like absolutely it's going to happen so at least if you can try to push through it a little bit quicker go through it and then the nice thing is about like 2021 is like you know not every person in the world's going to respond to you but at least if you dm like 10 people about your problem you'll probably get one response back and someone will give you some advice that helps you yeah yeah i think uh, and if i think you have some helpful videos on your channel too about like more technical negotiations and pricing i saw so people should check those out yeah Um, and also there's just like courses out now that people have made where it's like you can buy a course on contracts probably for like 50 bucks or 200 dollars and like oh man if you're like double thinking that you want to spend 50 bucks or 200 dollars on a course if you learn a single thing from a course it is going to pay you back tenfold so like don't be scared to invest money into those things because it will come back and make you more money long term yeah definitely i mean a client could ask for negotiation wise a client could ask for one budget and you could literally get twice as much and maybe you learn that from like a $50 course or something yeah absolutely yeah so I think the same way um so speaking of like growing and navigating and all this and like what you've learned on the way you've probably seen I mean first of all you said like DMing people what what do your dms look like as a larger page are you even able to keep up with them and also how have you seen um the platform change because you said when you were growing your first thousand or ten thousand it was a lot of like it was a different kind of community you were dming people your you know hashtags have come in and out of style or or like the carousels and then the videos and then the stories like how, how do you keep up with all this and, and have seen a change? It's a bit of a nebulous question, but do you get what I'm touching yeah, yeah. at? <laughs> no, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, it's an interesting landscape now. I'll try to make sure I address all your questions, but just my first initial thoughts. Um, it's an interesting landscape now because I felt like even in 2018, 2017, it was like you posted photos on Instagram, you made a YouTube video. And now it's like, you post a photo on Instagram. You got to do daily stories that show the BTS of what you're doing. You got reels, which will help you grow. So now you're going to make YouTube co- or real content. Now there's TikTok. Well, everyone's jumping on TikTok. So now you're doing TikTok too. Then you got Twitter. Then you got your website. Then you got like, there's so much more. Like it just felt way more streamlined in the past where it was like, I do this, I do this, I make my money. Cool. <laughs> right now it's spanning your attention span. So a lot of it comes with being like, really got to pick your homes and really pick your your places where you're like your strengths are and just double down on those things rather than trying to spread yourself too thin. Um, to answer the question about like what do DMs look like now? Like, I mean, it's, it's definitely, I, it's definitely interesting. Some DMs will cut through and we'll have conversations and chat. It's just, it's interesting to see a lot of people always want feedback on their work. And like, that's just something that I, I can't, I don't have the capacity for like not only in my life right now do i have to manage a home uh employees i have a fiance i got two cats like we we're doing all this other things and then we're building youtube videos i got daily instagram posts like i just said like all the upkeep of social these days and now people want like to respond to every single photo and be like what could I be doing better how do i develop my business so one thing i i had to realize is like i can't get back to everybody i'll do the odd one if i'm in the right mood or if i'm chilling and then maybe i'm at the airport or wherever i am just relaxing i'll respond to a few but i would say i probably get like 50 to 100 dms every single day of people asking like for help in terms of like what do i do next i watched this video give me a shout out like 
it's it's all these things yeah i guess that just speaks to like you know the power of making a, a video to try to maybe help a thousand people or ten thousand yeah. people rather than um not being able to literally answer every single question and also if you're on the viewer side um there is so many resources available that uh you know try as best as you can to like youtube it or search it and someone like you or i has probably tried to address it in some form yeah or, or, or i I'm, I'm always very grateful for every fan and i'm grateful for every single dm but it's it's kind of like the, uh, the i don't know what the effect would be called but like the moment you open the door to like responding to one and then everyone's gonna start doing it too so you have to manage that in some capacity but i will also say that every story like i pretty much more or less read most of them and you can get a sense of where it's going but like there's always the odd story that is like authentic and super genuine and it's very much comes from the heart or a real place and like i'll open those and i'll respond to those people and i what i like to do is rather than like text responses i always send video dms so i'll always be like yo man thank you so much for sending that that actually means the world to me or maybe one person sends me a message and they they accredit like we were talking about earlier some sort of success in their life to something that a video that i've done or something like that then i'll respond back and be like man go get it you're crushing it like go and chase it down or whatever it might be who that's a very generic response but you get the sense of like there is always going to be the right story and the right message coming from the right intent that I will open up and respond to. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really cool. I mean, there's all those new features now, like the voice notes and, and whatnot. All right, so I feel like we've touched on a, a lot of good things. Um, there's tons of valuable information, I think, that you, you've told about. Uh, wrapping up here, I would love, <laughs> this is kind of an odd follow request. <laughs> yeah. Can you play us something on the guitar? Oh, or are man. they not tuned? Um, Either that or you have an option to just tell us uh, what kind of challenges or, or navigation you're working on next because now you're kind of at that like, you know, half million follower mark. Um, are you are you just going with the flow? Is everything good? Are you like, you just got this new studio, so are things about to be a ton different? Close I mean, it up for us with a show Yeah, for here. sure. For, sure, for a show, a performance. <laughs> Um, I will try to play a little bit of like a guitar riff for you, just something like fun here. Yeah. Uh, but in terms of like next steps, I've just been like a big thing that I've been doing in the last little while is like developing uh, more of my own products. And, and rather than trying to do so many like brand sponsorships, I'm really trying to like develop my own things that I can give back to the community. So whether that's presets, whether that's LUTs, whether that's motion graphics templates, whether that's courses like I'm working on I'll give a little sneak peek at a course I'm working on right now but I'm gonna do like uh, the business of car photography and really talk a lot about uh, how to even just get into that space and start working with potentially like brands like Mercedes-Benz or work with brands um, like uh, Volvo and how you go from Mercedes and work your way backwards to actually build out the plan to get there and then what it's like to navigate those clients and how to eventually like get there right <laughs> sing a whole song off the uh, about client work <laughs> have you thought <laughs> yeah. about that that'd be funny Anyways. i i'm trying to do more like creative things and push myself i think comedy has been like a really big thing in the last little while and i've been really trying to like do intros that pull people in and make them laugh and then just trying to do a different spin on different you know approaches to things so right now i'm doing a uh, reviews i'm trying to make them like funny 
So yeah, that's where I'm at. I'm just trying to enjoy this job as much as possible because I think there was a time where I was like very stressed out. And now it's just like, this is really fun. Like, remember remember why you started pretty much at the end yeah. of the day, right? Awesome. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for doing that. Yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> don't mean to put you on the spot. I just literally just thought, what can I do to... Yeah, have some fun to, with it. To, to little... really throw a wrench in this ending. <laughs> I wish I had it like some inspirational thing at the end while the music really builds it's, up. Or it something. sounded <laughs> inspirational, but yeah. yeah. Um, any any final thoughts or words or where do you want the people to go and do if they've listened thus far? Um, I mean, all the typical channels. If you look up Chris Howe, H A U, on YouTube or Instagram, um, but mainly like I just revamped my website. So if you go to thechrishow.com, like we're putting a lot of time in there now. We're putting uh, blog posts up. We have a whole bunch of free giveaways. So if you guys want like free presets, free have motion graphics templates, music, like I have a whole pack you can get on my website for free just so that you can go and create certain things. And then there's a monthly newsletter where you get to see the build out of my office and I'll give you little tips on how to navigate your business. That's what's up. Awesome. Thank you so much for Chris for coming on. That was lots of fun, honestly. And uh, I'll leave all those links in the description to Chris's stuff for anyone that's listening. You can find this podcast on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, if you want to play it back or check it out. Otherwise, my name is Justin Odisho. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you in the next video. Thanks, man. Bye. Cool.